Hello, everyone. I'm Frank Warren. I'm the Associate Director at the Seabrook Wessex Group, a South Carolina-based consultancy that works with families who own and operate lower mid-market companies. We work with them on transitioning their companies to the next generation, uh, to selling or acquiring other companies. And uh, we also work with uh, family businesses where there's some family conflict going on and it's affecting governance. And we help those organizations to use their family conflict in a positive way, keep it from becoming too personal and making sure that, uh, uh, that the business benefits and so benefits the family. In fact, I come from a family that had a large uh, uh, family business in, uh, in North Carolina. And uh, for us, uh, it was always a situation where the family came before the business, um, which is why we have a tagline at uh, Seabrook Wessex that uh, we want to keep it family before business always. So uh, today I want to talk about um, uh, transitioning uh, of, a, uh, of the owner of a uh, small family company, um, whether that is a, um, a family, small family company is a relative term uh, because it can, a, a small business can be uh, something that generates as, many, as much as $100 million uh, uh, before taxes and interest and depreciation. So, um, but when someone is planning on exiting their companies, uh, into a retirement, uh, very often they get to a place where they say, okay, I'm going to do this in, the, in a year and uh, let's fix a price on the business because we're going to sell it or we're going to, uh, we're going to bring in uh, uh, family members and, and have them take over and uh, sell it. Uh, we're going to sell it to them in, in installments. They really haven't really thought through all the ramifications of of what they're doing. It's almost like a last minute decision. And we really think that you need to have a strategy that takes you to a retirement that gives you the result that you want. In fact, we say that a great retirement, a great exit into a great retirement um, has three objectives that are, uh, that are always achieved. That is that the, uh, the business owner is leaving that company on the date that he wants uh, with the total after-tax income that he or she uh, wants from all sources, including the converted value of the company. And then, um, and then there's a purpose that's been discerned for that next part of life. I can't tell you the numbers of times I've seen business owners uh, retire from their companies and um, they haven't really figured out what they're going to do with their time. Um, so, Discerning a purpose, and that can be something noble, like uh, heading to the um, uh, heading to uh, uh, to Africa to uh, drill wells, or it can be something like um, um, uh, something as simple as the uh, uh, spending more time with the, your family or hitting the golf courses. So, but uh, but all three of those elements are really really important in terms of time. Rather than just think something nebulous, I'm going to do this in the next couple of years. If you actually fix a point, that really makes everything else happen. Um, because then you know, then you can actually do meaningful calculations on uh, what the income is that needs to be generated. And if you're not going to be able to generate 
that income, what needs to be done to make that possible? Because it's um, in, in deciding ultimately when you sell your company, um, what you're going to sell it for, or what the value of the transfer is going to be, um, you're going to have to look at the the things that drive the value of your company, and so you need time to determine what those things are, and then if there's any deficiencies to uh, to act on them so that the company uh, becomes uh, becomes more valuable. So sometimes initially when we ask the, those three uh, those three questions, um, if somebody says, well, you know, I'm going to retire on this particular date three years out, um, if we can't, in conjunction with their accountants and financial planners, if we can't... Sh- show that there's going to be a sufficient income stream to do that, then you may have to push that in that uh, um, that retirement date out until that until that dollar figure can happen, or and uh, or the opposite happens. You 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 really want that date to be the date, but you're just going to have to make peace with the fact that the income is not going to be as large. So all these considerations are. Um, are big deals. Uh, the, uh, and if you merely decide one day that you're going to put up a gone fishing sign um, and you have a general idea that you're going to be okay, you're probably going to find you're not going to be okay. And um, and that impacts a lot of things like the well-being of the people that you're leaving behind uh, when uh, you do retire, uh, leave behind in your, uh, in your company, on your team. Um, and it can it can have a negative effect on what kind of financial legacy that you leave for your uh, for your loved ones. So, um, you know, so so what do you do? Well, you get with someone. Yes, at the risk of sounding shamelessly self-serving, this is one of the biggest things that we do at Seabrook Wessex, and and we go through a process and we where we ask those questions and then. Um, we wind up um, asking more questions off of the answers that uh, that we get, and then eventually we are um, collaborating with our uh, our clients, other professional advisors, to come up with a an overall strategy that uh, covers um, those three questions and and the other things that impact those three questions and and spin off of those three questions, like what happens if you Go out on your on your shield rather than on your feet. What happens if before you reach that point where you're going to leave your company and enjoy what you are anticipating is going to be a great retirement? What happens if you uh, drop dead on the golf course or you um, um, contract uh, COVID? It becomes a long-term issue and you're unable to come back into the office anymore. Uh, boy, you're talking about something that will, and, and, and we're talking about value. If you're in a situation where your, where your company can't run without you, and you're not there, then it's not running, and the value of your company plummets to pennies on the dollar overnight. Um, a generous figure would be 30, 30 cents on the dollar uh, when when an owner is not able to come in again. But uh, again, that is generous. Uh, it really winds up being less than 10 cents on the dollar on the average.
So um, you really need to look at a, a, a comprehensive strategy that says, okay, we're going to do this uh, in such a way that we're going to retire and we're going to have this income on, on this date. But just in case, we've got the basis covered where we can as closely replicate the economic result that we intend for that date as possible by uh, uh, having strong contingency plans. That's um, something that, that uh, we've seen in, uh, in, in our family. My father was the executive vice president of our family business. Um, and one week to the day after dropping, uh, after my uh, 19th birthday, um, and the day after he had uh, put my, uh, relocated my grandfather to a really nice retirement center in, in uh, North Carolina, my dad was sitting on my grandfather's couch in his uh, in, in granddaddy's apartment and had a massive heart attack, died instantaneously. So um, did that have an effect? Yes, it did have an effect. And uh, uh, we weren't really thinking about exit plan. In fact, exit planning in 1975 wasn't a thing. But um, they had done some things that we do in exit planning to cover those contingencies, like uh, making sure that there was a uh, a key uh, a key person life insurance policy on my father, and um, so the the impact to um, company revenues uh, was mitigated by uh, by that fact uh, by, the, by the by the fact that we had that that benefit coming into the company, and uh, uh, that was a lesson that's um, you know it's not been lost. Um, uh, you want to have that good result, but you also need to plan for the, uh, uh, you know, for the contingencies. Um, all right, as we um, are getting farther into um, 2023 and getting ready for the, um, uh, getting ready for the the primaries and the general election in 2020, uh, and a new president and, uh, or at least a president this one may win who knows um and uh our, our a, a new congress to be seated in 2025 um it also that gives me uh the thought that if you base too much of your of your planning and your strategizing on who's going to be in office and who is in office um, you don't have a very good plan. And with an exit plan, again, those three questions, uh, what, what is it that you're going to retire? When is it, uh, what's the total after-tax income from all sources? And what are you going to do when you retire? Um, those plans need to be in place and need to have enough flex so that it doesn't matter who is in office. It doesn't matter who the, uh, um, what the overall state of the economy is, um, you have uh, planned for the contingencies, and you can plan for the contingencies, contingencies quite reasonably. Um, now, that does mean being somewhat introspective. Uh, we tell our clients that that a lot of times, the, increasing the value of your company is, as, is a matter of really looking for the acres of diamonds in your own backyard. Um, so I, I affect that uh, one of our clients um, 
has a company that is in an industry that's in transition. And uh, he is a, he's also planning on trans, uh, transferring his company to the next generation sometime in the next five to six years. Um, the fact that he realizes his, his industry is in transition and is taking, uh, taking steps that are intentional to make his company relevant into the uh, long into the future means that when he does transfer that company, it's going to have uh, an increasing value to his uh, to his successors. If he did not take these things into consideration, then he he'd find himself pretty much being. Uh, with a company that was an a company that completely lacked any relevance whatsoever, uh, except in the most uh, minuscule ways, and um, that wouldn't leave much of a legacy for this next generation that he is uh, planning on uh, transferring his company to. So, um, so from those questions, uh, when do you want to retire? What's that exact date? What's the uh, total after-tax income you want from all sources? And what do you plan on doing with your time? Uh, what's what's going to be your purpose in your retirement years? A lot of things uh, come up. And uh, making sure that you give yourself enough of a window before you exit your company will allow you to answer those questions in a cogent fashion. So um, we tell our clients that we, we think that you should give yourself at least a year and a half to develop a strategy and execute it and, and, um, and uh, probably no more than five years, more than a year and a half. And you really can't, in most cases, take advantage of the opportunities uh, to maximize value and um, uh, plan for all the contingencies. More than five years and um, the lay of the land becomes a little more uncertain. So you want to have some certainty for you and for whoever um, succeeds you or buys your, uh, buys your business. So, uh, cause that's a good, that's a good thing for everybody. It should always be win-win. All right. Um, well, later on this week, we're going to be talking a little bit more about um, how to define your purpose for your retirement. Uh, in our next uh, uh, in our next podcast, and um, so um, keep having fun in the road to world domination, people. Uh, keep working on those evil plans; they'll take you to the next level. I'm Frank Warren. Have a great. Day.